Fantastic. Well, happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Advent as well. Um, Lovely to see you all. Um, Great to see some of the Christmas jumpers out there. Very impressive. I've yet to get myself one. I do need to get one for school. Um, So we have 13 days to go. Don't know whether any of you are aware of that. 13 days till Christmas. Hands up those who have their decorations up. Excellent. Um, Who's finished their Christmas shopping? A few of you. Impressive. Impressive. Um, And who has already eaten more than six mince pies this December? Oh, confessing, very good, excellent. Do you know what? The, the lead up to Christmas can actually be really frantic, can't it? We've got uh, presents to buy, the Christmas cards to buy, all the food, the Christmas cards to send, the decorations, and so it goes on. And it's so easy to be distracted by all the trimmings of Christmas and miss what Christmas is really all about. So this morning, we're going to think about Advent, the coming of Jesus to this earth. On my mobile phone, and on yours as well, when you go into camera mode, you can select a mode that says, it's called portrait. And what I believe it does, does on my photos anyway, is that the object closest to you becomes more in focus and very sharp. And the background of the picture is somewhat blurred. So what I really want us to do today is to sharpen our focus on God sending his son Jesus his love for us, and the hope that that brings. And going to just allow all the other trimmings, however lovely they are, of Christmas, just to blur into the background. Okay, we're going to read, I think uh, it's on the first slide, scripture together, having a look at this, from 1 John 4, verses 7 to 12. God's love and ours. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So we're going to look at the advent of love today and three themes we're going to focus on first of all. Love has been made visible, love has been defined, and real love is for the whole world. If I were to go out onto the streets of Colchester today, into the centre of town, and ask a question, what does love mean? I wonder what kind of answers I would get. We use the word love in so many different contexts. Someone might say that they love their wife, or their husband, or their partner, their family, whilst the next person might say they love fajitas or chocolate. Some people love putting up their Christmas decorations really early. (laughs) We love our social time with friends, and we also love our alone time to unwind. Some people go as far as to say they love their football team. I'm really sorry, I can't get that one. But the meaning of love at times has become somewhat empty and materialistic in our society, and we need to look to God to truly understand what real love is. Love has been made visible. 
God made real love visible when he sent Jesus into the world. For God so loved the world that he gave, he sent his one and only son. The scandal of Christmas is that God the Son, who has always been, as it says in John 1 verse 1, it teaches us that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word we read about is Jesus. The scandal of Christmas is that God in his infinite love and wisdom sent his Son to earth in human form to an unremarkable town called Bethlehem because he wanted you and me to understand divine love how often do we really consider what it took God to send his son down to earth from heaven how can our human brains actually try to comprehend the enormity of this in this country we have a queen who reigns over us so imagine that she were to lay aside the grandeur of her palace and go to live amongst the homeless and destitute in the streets of London I mean, that would blow our minds, wouldn't it? That would be incredible. And yet, such a huge human act of sacrifice could never compare to Jesus, who is God, who has always been, who created the whole universe, and who is completely holy and without sin, laying aside the grandeur of heaven to come to earth as a helpless baby. And yet, God came down to demonstrate his love in person to us mere humans. I became a Christian when I was 12, so about nine years ago. The math's never been that good, actually, sorry. And whether you have known Jesus, thank you guys, whether you have known Jesus for nine days or for 60 years, we should never lose the wonder and sheer unfathomableness, I had to find that word, of the Son of God, Jesus Christ coming down from heaven to live and walk among us on this earth. Emmanuel, God with us. The world throws around us throws all sorts of images of love at us through films that we watch, books and TV. But only Jesus Christ is true love made visible. His true love made visible through his birth that we celebrate at Christmas time, his life on this earth, his death, and his resurrection. So let's reflect this Christmas time on the incredible, indescribable gift of love that God gave to us in Jesus coming to this world as a baby. Maybe it's the first time you're going to reflect on that. Maybe you have before, but let's do it again. Such a great focus and such an incredible gift. Secondly, love defined. 1 John 4 verses 9 to 10 says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Great that Tom came and read what he did from Hebrews because it fitted in really nicely. Thanks, Tom. The Oxford English Dictionary defines love as an intense feeling of romantic attachment based on an attraction felt by one person for another, intense liking and concern for one another. I hope you've seen that I'm wearing my love dress today. (laughs) You know, so many pop stars write songs about love. Love is all around us, as one goes. And Rick Astley, some of us remember him, gushed promises of love, singing, never gonna give you up, 
Never going to let you down. Never going to run around and desert you. Never going to make you cry. Never going to say goodbye. Never going to tell a lie and hurt you. Hit the music, James. Fantastic. Thanks, James. I did ask James to sing it, but he didn't want to. So maybe another time, James. <laughs> you know, however beautiful human love is, it has always been and always will be tainted by sin, which means it has become self-serving and not selfless. No human being can ever be completely true to a promise of never going to make you cry or tell a lie and hurt you. We know from our experiences of loving others that we mess up and we don't live up to other people's expectations. They don't live up to ours either. But perfect, untainted love, which is in the Godhead, God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, came down to earth in the person of Jesus. God's love is defined in Advent by Jesus coming to seek and save sinners. In coming as our saviour, to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Just to unpack that a little bit, the act of atonement is defined as the action of making amends for a wrong or injury. Jesus came to be our atoning sacrifice and died on the cross to take all the sins of the world upon himself once and for all so that we could be forgiven, have our sins wiped clean and have open access to relationship with God. Amazing. There's a really cute children's book called Guess How Much I Love You. And it has little nut brown hair in it and big nut brown hair who are trying to express how much they love each other. And as they describe their love, it gets wider and wider and to the moon and back. God showed us how much he loved us when his son Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross for our sakes. This is how much I love you. God didn't wait for us to clean ourselves up and sort ourselves out to be worthy of relationship with him. Not that even our greatest efforts could ever make us righteous before an awesome, holy God. But Romans 5 verse 8 sums it up beautifully. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And thirdly, real love for the whole world. John 3 verse 16 reminds us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God didn't just seek Jesus so that you and I would be saved, but in order for the whole world to be brought from death to life. Jesus came down as a baby, lived on this earth, and died taking upon himself the wrath of God for every single sin that was, is, and ever will be committed. We cry out, thank you, Lord, for dying for me. And we sing songs like, may I never lose the wonder, oh, the wonder of your mercy. But how easily we fall into the trap of thinking, how lovely this is for me. And it is. It's great. But God so loved the world. We had a preacher come to our church many years ago um, from Kenya. And when he got up to speak, he just started saying, wake up. And then he repeated, 
wake up over and over again. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. It's getting louder and louder. Now, <laughs> just as you've probably all sat looking a bit like what Steb's doing, we sat and thought, this isn't quite like our normal talk that we get. But actually, as he kept saying it, God began to show us things. We, he opened our ears, he opened our eyes and our hearts to hear what he was trying to say. Can you hear what God is saying today? God so loved the world, the world, the world, the whole world. Today, we need to hear God's heart that breaks over a lost world before him. We need to break free from our cosy security at knowing that we are saved and reach out with the saving love of Jesus Christ to the world. Those who do not know Jesus as Lord and Saviour are destined to an eternity without him. And we, the church, the body of Christ, we're God's mouthpiece on this earth. And we are here that he would speak through us to help seek and save the lost. So who could you reach out to this Christmas time, this Advent time with the good news about Jesus? Have a think, maybe there's a name that springs to mind. I was asked a couple of weeks ago by a year three teacher at school if I could teach her class a simple fresh French Christmas song. I'm, I'm a French teacher, just to give you that background, um, for the Christmas concert. And I just thought, wow, what an opportunity to do a song about Jesus. She hadn't said I couldn't, so, you know, why not? And I decided that I would do the first verse of Silent Night in French. And we know Silent Night very well, don't we? But the French version is slightly different. So I just want to read you the translation. It goes like this. Sweet night, holy night, in the heavens the star shines. The foretold mystery has come true. The baby lying in the hay is infinite love, is infinite love. With God's help, I was able to explain to the children what the foretold mystery that had come true was all about. That the baby Jesus lying in the hay was infinite love. I spoke about his life and death and resurrection and all that that means means what an incredible opportunity and the children actually listened really really well and they had questions um i mean i did get asked was santa around at the same time as jesus um but that was a serious question i believe so that was that was fine um but i just left that afternoon thinking wow what an opportunity I've had. And there will be some children there that had never heard the Christmas story and never really heard what Jesus came to do. So I'm not telling you that because I'm very good at this. Actually, I'm really not. I'm really not very good at this. And I know that I miss opportunities to speak about God's love with people. Let's pray for courage for all of us in our weakness, for more opportunities to make Jesus known to those around us. We love those around us because God first loved us. 1 John 4 verses 11 and 12 says this, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We are to be people of deep love, not fluffy, woolly love that sometimes we show to people, but the strong, compassionate and forgiving love of God. If we don't, have, don't love on a level that costs us something, 
then we haven't really understood the love of God. That's pretty hard-hitting, but think about that. So how practically can we love those around us um, and one another? Well, we can do it through serving one another, through hospitality, opening our homes and lives to share Jesus with those around us, through giving and serving the poor, as Tom was talking about earlier, through giving of our time and praying for those in our world who don't know God yet, and also for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Spend time with God, allow him to speak to you, and ask him to align your heart with his, and show you how to love the people around you. So we've looked at the advent of love, and my last two points we're going to look at are the advent of hope. So real love brings hope for today. Recently, um, we've been visiting some universities with our daughter Libby um, in preparation for potential studies next year. And one of the universities she's applied to is the University of Sussex. We missed the open day for that one, so I decided to send off for the prospectus. Um, and it came through the post, and I had a little flick through and a read. Um, and then it got kind of left on a surface somewhere in our lounge. And as I was preparing this talk one morning, I walked into our lounge, and the cover of it just kind of hit, hit me, really. And I'm going to show you what it says. Hope can change our world. Hope changes everything. Nice of them to send me an illustration. <laughs> you know what? I was so struck that a secular institution was recognising the power in hope. But sometimes the kind of hope that we cling to is actually more of a, I hope it goes well, cross fingers. I hope, I hope it all goes ahead. Okay, touch wood. Advent is a reminder that true hope for this world is found in the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who came down to earth as a baby to rescue the whole world. When the Bible instructs us to put our hope in God, we are putting our hope in one who is completely and utterly loving and completely and utterly faithful. We have a certainty as we put our trust in God and a confident expectation that he will be our strength and guide in this life and our hope for eternity as we worship in his presence. Emmanuel, God with us forever. Sorry, hair. See if that helps. Romans 15 verse 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So why do we often find ourselves in situations where we're saying, this is hopeless, I don't see there's any hope in this? Actually, because at times we put our hope in things that ultimately cannot and will not satisfy, things that are man-made, and we're going to have a look at four areas where we may mistakenly put our hope. The first one is comfort. Who amongst us does not enjoy comfort? Let's be honest. A warm hug, a fabric conditioner, a poor joke. Um, our own space, everything accessible, life going smoothly without any blips. We love it, don't we? But comfort woos us into feeling justified for wanting what we want. Why not? The world says we deserve to be happy. 
But if we put our hope in comfort, when stresses come and we are suddenly uncomfortable, we don't handle it very well. And we can easily start to lash out at those around us or blame others because we haven't got what we wanted. We become people who won't take risks and life becomes mundane and the same week by week. We were not designed to live a mundane life. Jesus said that he came to this earth so we could experience life in all its fullness. When Jesus came down to this earth as a baby, he left the comfort of being with his Father in heaven. He led a life serving others and loving the unlovely of that society. He was sacrificed on the cross to bring us from death to life. His life was one of sacrifice and service, not one of comfort. He is the one whom we serve and who wants to make us more like himself. Comfort is not going to help us experience life in all its fullness. And it will not fulfill us as following after Jesus can. Another area where we may put our hope is approval. Oh, how we long to be affirmed and loved. Many of us put our hope in receiving approval from others. It is so easy to get sucked into approval addiction. But looking to men and women around us to be our source of approval and hope for this life will lead us to constantly question whether we've done enough to please everyone. The enemy tries to feed us lies saying that we will find true hope and joy through the people around us. But these people are fallible, just like you and me. And if we pursue the way that they want us to do things, then we've got our focus in the wrong place. We need to come back to God and to put him at the center of our love and affection. The next area, control. I think this is quite a, a big area, and I know that I am guilty of it, okay? I'm guilty of the other ones as well, but I didn't want to confess it. But anyway, so control, control. I thought I would Google something about control, just see what it comes up with, see if there are any interesting uh, comments. Um, so I like this one, said of uh, someone that is controlling. I'm not a control freak, but can I show you the right way to do that? As long as everything is the way I want it, I am totally flexible. And I like this one. If people were meant to be controlled, we would have been born with a remote. If control of our surroundings and others around us is where we put our hope for happiness in life, we, are, we will soon discover that things in life do go wrong. People will let us down. And then we become stressed, anxious, and ultimately lonely. We cannot control everything, and nor should we try to. We should be wise, not taking inappropriate risks with our health and well-being. But ultimately, the one who gives us the very breath right now in our lungs. Our God is the one who is in control of that. We have no control over it. If you're someone who tries to control people, think about our God, who is all-wise, all-knowing, without sin, the beginning and the end, I could go on, who could, could have decided to control us and make us trust in him and worship him. But no, our awesome Heavenly Father gave us free will so that we would choose to follow him and worship him. We may think we know what is best for someone and how they should behave, 
but God who does know what's best for every one of us and is without sin or bias, chooses not to control us. So who are we to try and control those around us? If this is an area that you struggle with, and I think, as I said earlier, if we're honest, many of us do, we need to come before God and repent and ask him to help us change. I think one of the things we can say is, this is who we are with some of these areas. This is who I am. But no, God doesn't want it to be the person we become, actually. It can change through the help of his Holy Spirit. And the final area is power. I am going to succeed. I am not going to fail. I am strong. Maybe you have taken on the role of being the strong one in your home. You do not flinch at the sight of the huge spider in your lounge as you dash across to save your family from its web. You are the one who keeps everyone else going. You mustn't get too emotional because that is a sign of weakness. You are a perfectionist and everything you do has to be successful. So every task or project is probably best led, run and completed by you. When our hope for life is in our own strength and power, then we soon discover that actually at times really are quite weak and we will fail. Jesus talked about the first will be last and he would exalt the humble and meek in spirit. You know, Jesus came as a humble baby and not a king in gold jeweled robes. He lived a life full of humility and sacrifice and he turned the world's definition of power and victory upside down when he died on the cross and rose three days later from the tomb. So let's pause for a moment and think about these areas where we can so easily mistakenly put our hope. Advent is about Jesus coming to this earth and not giving in to comfort or control, approval and power, but instead being willing to give up all of these things to follow his father's plan. Can I ask you just to close your eyes for the moment? Ask the Holy Spirit now if he wants to show you any of these areas in your life, comfort, control, approval, or power, where he wants to show you that these have become your hope instead of hoping God. And as I've just said, God wants to help you move on from this and to change. So today, don't leave here. If you want to talk to someone about this or have prayer for this, don't leave here saying, this is how it will always be. Because no, God has the power to change that. Thank you. So let's look at uh, where we should put our hope on the next slide. I hope you're impressed with. I hope you're impressed with this. Um, Look at that, amazing. So, hold on to the promises of God and His character every day. You know, it's good to do things like print out a list of things that remind us about how good God is and what he says about our lives. So I want to recommend that you print out a list of the promises of God from the Bible. You can Google it or you can just read the whole Bible. Fine. Stick them in a prominent place in your house and declare daily that your hope will no longer be in the things that the world puts hope into, but will be firmly placed in the promises of God and his word. God has promised that he will never leave us or forsake us. That's one amazing promise which means he is with us in the hard places and the happy ones. 
He's with us when things go as planned and when they don't. Our hope in him is not determined by our circumstance, but by his character, always faithful to us. I'm going to say that again. Our hope in him is not determined by our circumstance, but by his character, always faithful to us. So I'm going to add a list of promises to the Redeemer website that you can look up, and hopefully it will start you on this journey of declaring the promises of God and bringing fresh hope into your lives. And finally, real love brings hope for the future. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 to 18 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The love that God has displayed for us is not only to save us in this life, but for all eternity. How often do you think about spending eternity with Jesus? Let's not get so bogged down with everyday life that we don't spend time thanking Jesus, that one day we'll be with him forever, worshipping him in his presence where there'll be no sadness, no sickness or pain. A few weeks ago, Esther reminded us that the day of Jesus' return is approaching. And this is a motivation for us to share the message of his love with others. Advent is about God's love being made visible as Jesus came down to this earth as a baby. It's about true love being defined as Jesus died on the cross, taking all the sin of the world upon himself once and for all. And it's about our hope being firmly placed in the promises of God as we live in the here and now, and yet also lifting our eyes to the certain hope that we have that Jesus will return and we will be in his beautiful presence forever. Let's pray. Lord, in this Advent time, we praise and thank you for your incredible love and the hope that your love brings because you came down to us. Help us to keep the trimmings of Christmas, however fun and lovely that they are, in the background, and you at the centre of our lives this Advent. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.